Hello, welcome to Follow the Math. My name is Brandon Campbell. I am your host. Um, today is October 15th, 2021. It is a Friday evening here in the Great Pacific Northwest, and it's overcast with a drizzle, which those of you from this area understand exactly what kind of weather that is, and it's going to be a long winter. Um, so just a few things on my mind today. Um, I listened back to the first episode that I put out. I'm not going to do any editing of anything, just kind of talk as I go. Um, mainly just I don't want to put the time into it. Rather just kind of spurt off my thoughts as they come along and my ideas. Um, but I did look back on it, um, or I went back to listen to it, and I noticed I was kind of smacking quite a bit and all that. And eh, it is what it is. I'm keeping the mic further away from my face this time, so hopefully that helps. Anyway, um, today kind of talked about a couple of things because people um, reference um, things about slavery and the Civil War that politically are incorrect um, and historically incorrect. So the main thing is like Democrats and Republicans, what people don't really understand is that pre-civil rights era 1960s, the entire South was Democratic senators, congressmen, and governors for the most part. And the proof is in the pudding a little bit, just kind of going back pre-Civil War, the election of 1860, uh, when um, Abe Lincoln was elected president, um, he won by a pretty large margin. Um, he had 180 electoral votes. There were three other candidates, and he was Lincoln was the Republican candidate. We had Breckinridge, who was a Southern Democrat, and then Bell, a con the Constitutional Union Party, and then Douglas, a, the Democratic Party. So it kind of correlates two different Democratic parties, or factions of their such, a Southern Democratic and a Standard de Democratic. Uh, Standard Democratic Party. Didn't really win much. They got elect 12 electoral votes. The Southern Democratic Party by Breckinridge got 72 electoral votes. And Bell, the Constitutional Union, got 39 electoral votes. So Abe Lincoln won by a huge margin in 1860. Now, I'm looking at a map here of the delegates. And I'm going to spurt off every single state that voted Democrat in the election of 1860. And with these states, all of these states at the time had slavery. Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia, Virginia. Also, Missouri voted Democrat, but that was for Douglas, the standard Democratic Party, but the Southern Democratic Party. Every state that I spoke of cast their vote for the Southern Democratic Party for Breckenridge. Um, and all of these states obviously had um, areas where slavery was allowed and it was legal. All the other states voted for Lincoln um, up in down the Northeast, um, through the Midwest of Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, P 
Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, Delaware, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, New York, um, Rhode Island. I guess I'm probably missing one or two here. <clears throat> and so that's one thing that really bothers me the most is that a lot of people who uh, consider themselves Democrats don't even understand that, you know, in this in an era of slavery, it was a Democratic Party that fought for slavery. And what I mean when they fought for slavery is a lot of people say that, you know, the Civil War was fought over slavery, which is mostly true. But what they're not understanding is that the Civil War actually began over um, House or House seats. So, you know, the southern states were far less populated than the northern states. I mean, it, just to kind of give you a breakdown, you know, the... Um, state of New York had 35 electoral votes based upon Florida's three votes or Georgia's 10 votes. Um, Ohio had 23 in comparison to Virginia's 15. Pennsylvania had 27 in comparison to the next state over would be Kentucky and Tennessee both have 12. So when it came down for presidential elections, um, the folks in the North had a lot more population, therefore more electoral votes. The Southern Democrats decided that, you know, that's not fair. We need more because we do have more people. But see, slaves didn't count as people back then. And so there was trying to come to a compromise and um, Congress was trying to compromise that, well, you you have the slavery the slavery population they can't vote they don't count and they're like well they're people they do okay well how about this how about we we count each slave as two-thirds of one person as far as a population and that's really kind of what sparked the succession from the union <clears throat> and most people don't understand that so that's Something to be said in a, in a sense, um, a little tidbit of history, but when we talk about the Democratic Party, it wasn't always the party of the people, of what social justice is supposed to be. Sorry, I had to pause there for a moment. I had a call and I forgot to silence my phone. Anyway, um, that's just one thought in my mind. And, you know, really the Southern Democrat philosophy um, of slavery and Jim Crow didn't really change until the civil rights movement and civil rights movement really pertains to LBJ and all the civil rights leaders of that era and LBJ really 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 had to try to twist arms to get those folks on board and really the being the folks on board is you know mainly was you know hey if we get these people on board and we pass a civil rights uh, bill they're going to vote Democrat for the next hundred years. I and mean, that's a direct quote from him. So it, it was more than necessarily as far as the party itself. It wasn't about mainly civil rights for them. It was about getting votes and voting Democrat. Post-civil rights movement, civil rights bill, 1964, you saw a shift in the states as far as Democrat or Republican-led, and they kind of shifted a bit from northern to southern and kind of mixed, almost like a migration pattern where you see the red go south and the and the, and the blue go north, um, and mixed, smashed uh, in between. 
So that's kind of a little history as far as the Democratic and Republican Party. Just a uh, much more to discuss there. But one thing that people, a lot of people I know, they talk about the Civil War, who are actually really educated on it, don't really understand. It was more of a political stance for electoral votes than anything else when it came to the two parties. Not necessarily the social movement of abolishment, which most people were really in favor for. The politicians had that as a second hand. The first hand was controlling votes. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is everybody knows in this country that we have a homeless issue. And I don't really have too many answers on the homeless crisis, homeless issue. I know we talk about mental health, we talk about drug addiction, um, you know, we talk about heroin opioid epidemic now it's you know fentanyl we got people all over the country overdosing on fentanyl um that they laced with coke there they laced in coke and other stuff and so that's besides the point of what i'm trying to speak of today um uh, my main thing is there's a correlation with homelessness and the democratic party now hear me out for a minute now, I want to name off the top eight, what, eh, what is it, so it's two, four, six, yeah, top eight states, just so I don't go too far down the list, and the top six cities um, as far as the homeless population, and I want to show you the correlation that I found here. So, as far as states, I'm going to start at the top, go to the bottom, number one, California, that's no surprise to anybody, but California has a huge population of 39.7 million people as of 2019. Number two rounds into New York. Now, New York's population is 19.3 million people. Um, California has an estimated 151,000 homeless folks, which is probably a real conservative number. Um, and then New York has 92,000, roughly. Now, third on the list is Florida with 21.9 million people and 28,000 estimated homeless people. Fourth is Texas, with 29.8 million people in the state and an estimated 25,848, so about 26,000 estimation of homeless people. And then, number five, you have the state of Washington, my home state. We have about 7.8 million people in the population with a homeless population of 21,755, about 22,000 people estimated. I really think these numbers as far as estimations are, are really conservative. It could swing both ways, but my guess is that, you know, when you're running a census, most homeless folks aren't really taking a census. They don't really have an address to mail the census to. All right, so number six, Massachusetts. Uh, 18,471 estimation of homeless folks. Number seven, the state of Oregon. State of Oregon has 4.3 million people and an estimated homeless population of almost 16,000. And then lastly, number eight, Pennsylvania, with a population of 12.8 million people and an estimation of about 13,000 homeless folks. Now, of these eight states that I have mentioned, uh, California, Democratic governor, and that's Gavin Newsom. New York, Democratic governor, was Cuomo, but, you know, he copped a feel of some girl's ass, and 
you can't have that. So he got kicked out. And we had this other lady, uh, I forget her name, starts with a K, but she's also Democrat. Florida and Texas have uh, Republican governors. So we have DeSantis in Florida and we have uh, what uh, Abbott in Texas. And then number five, Washington has Democratic governor, Jay Inslee. Massachusetts has a Republican governor. So three out of the eight states on my list have Republican governors. Florida, Texas, Massachusetts. Oregon, Democrat Governor Kate Brown. Pennsylvania, Democrat Governor Tom Wolf. Now, let's break down these Republican states. So Republican states, okay, so Florida um, and Texas. So Texas out of the three Republican states on, the, on this list that have the highest population of homeless people, let's go with Texas first. Now Texas has nearly 30 million people and at 29.8 million, okay? But that number is 25,848 as far as the estimated homeless population. Now look, let's look at Florida at 21.9 million people with estimated population of homeless folks at 28,328. Now what I did is look at each individual state and I seen, okay, well, what city is going to have the highest population in that state of homeless people? Okay. Now I will be fair. Typically the largest city in the state, the most metropolitan area, would naturally have the most homeless population. So let's just take that. Well, in the state of Florida, the city of Tampa has the highest population of homeless people in the entire state. Now, is Tampa the largest city in Florida? No, it's not. It's Miami. But Tampa has the highest population of homeless people. And guess who is a mayor of Tampa? That's Jane Castor, and guess who she is? A Democrat. Now, let's look at the state of Texas. Now, the largest, state in, the largest city in Texas is Dallas. They have uh, over 7 million people in the Dallas metro area. So, we would think that Dallas should have the highest homeless population. Well, as it turns out, it's not. The city of Austin, which has about 1 million people in that city. Now, there's, what, four major U.S. cities in the state of Texas. We have Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio. And of the four, Austin has the lowest population, about one million in the metro area, but they have the highest population of homeless people. And who is the mayor? Steve Adler, a Democrat. Lastly, Republican state, uh, excuse me, state with a Republican governor is the state of Massachusetts. Now, Boston is has the highest population of homeless people in the state of Massachusetts. So I kind of give that some leeway a little bit. Boston is a lot, has the highest population in that state. Massachusetts is not a very big state. Um, there's not really any, hardly any major areas around there. So that would make sense. But who is the mayor of Boston? Well, Michelle Wu was the mayor of Boston, but they had an election this last year, and she was a Democrat. Now in 2021, it's Kim Janney, who is also a Democrat. So every single uh, state on my list is either 
Democrat governor with Democrat mayors or Republican states and the cities that have correlation with highest population are ran in Democratic areas of the city. So one other thing I would like to mention, <clears throat> as I was running numbers, you might have missed it. Is, so like the state of Washington, where I live, right, has about a 7.8 million population. And the state has roughly about 22,000 homeless people. Now, we look at the state of Florida or the state of Texas. Actually, let's take Texas, for instance. Texas has an estimated homeless population of 25,000. Let's just say 26,000. So it's 25,848. So 22 in comparison to 26. A 5,000 uh, 5, homeless population variance. But Texas has nearly four times the population of, state, of the state of Washington. So what's going on there? Now, what I know in the state of Washington is that our state Senate is about 90 to 95% Democrat. The highest metro population in the state is the Seattle-Tacoma metro area. We got about 3. Points, I think it's like 3.4, 3.7 million people in the Puget Sound region, and every single area is highly democratic ground. So that's some correlation there. Let's look at Oregon. Oregon has an estimated homeless population of 16,000, and they have about half as many people as the state of Washington at 4.3 in comparison to 7.8. Um, Florida, you know, they have 22 million people, which is really three times the population of Washington, and they barely have any more homeless folks than the state of Washington does. So that's just something I think is really interesting. It's what, what legislation has been passed that is causing this issue? I understand it can be uh, a mental health issue. I can understand it can be a, a drug phenomenon, opioid crisis, things of that nature. But the party that presents itself to be for the people have the biggest issues with people. I walk around in my state where I live. I lived. I moved out in the country a bit to kind of get away from the metro area because I'm getting kind of sick and tired of it. And you know, the older I get, the more out in the country I want to be. And um, I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, and I moved out here prior, I would take my kids to a carnival or something like that. And, you know, five, six years ago, it never had an issue. Now, you know, we're, we're going to a carnival and we're stepping over needles. Um, you go to the local drugstore to, um, you know, fill up a prescription. You see people in the parking lot in the middle of the day nodding off in the car with the car running. And the police can't do anything about it because the, Democrat, the Democrats decided that they wanted to pass, you know, and, and decriminalize personal use, which I get that because, you know, we don't need some kid. 19 years old, getting busted with an ounce of weed and then going to prison for, you know, three, five years, which Washington decriminalized weed a long time ago. But back when I was a kid, if I got caught with an ounce of weed, I'd be going to prison for multiple years. So I get that point. The point is that we can also correlate 
drug use and addiction with crime. And that's where that's where people have a problem with. I'm seeing articles every day in the Seattle Times and uh, around the area, different newspapers, different uh, uh, news channels talking about how neighbors are fed up with these RVs lined up across the street um, that people are living in and people uh, pitching tents right in their front yard, things of that nature, and property crimes, sexual assaults, uh, violent assaults, all different kinds of things. And But these are the same people that voted for the city councils, for the state representatives, for the governor, that are all Democrats. So that's what I see. A little bit of evidence as far as a population, the correlation with that, but we can go on for days with these anecdotes of what we see are firsthand accounts. And the only thing that I've seen they're doing is, well, we need to throw tax dollars at it. We need to house these people. We need to do this. We need to do that. My problem with that is, is that... <clears throat> The state of California this coming year is going to spend almost a billion dollars to combat homelessness. A billion dollars for an estimated homeless population of 150,000 people. That's a lot of money. But you kind of scratch the surface and go a little bit deeper. It's like, well, how that one billion dollars, how is that going to be spent? And it's going to be spent on administration. It's going to create jobs high-paying jobs for people who need new careers, social services, things of that nature. And when you created a, a new industry, you created a new billion-dollar industry in the state of California, why would you ever want to fix it? That's the problem. That's the problem that I see. I see homelessness as the U.S.'s new industry. It's going to uh, contribute to our GDP. It's going to grow the economy. So homelessness, by the Democrats' view, from how I see it, is good. It's a job creator. But that's what also makes me get sick and tired of being here, is that I... And most people have the same values. Most people, most families are conservative within their home. You know, we're all liberal to a point. I'm liberal with sexual orientation, uh, marriage equality, all that. And I will fight for the rights for everybody to have equal rights and equal protections. But you shouldn't have to walk down the, down the street in the suburbs with your family and worry about stepping on a needle or, you know, uh, some, some lady, uh, jogging around Green Lake, getting mugged, um, getting robbed, things like that. And it's become worse. This area 15 years ago, when I first moved here from Spokane, um, which is another city in Washington, on the other side of the state, um, was nothing like it. I mean, you always had, the Seattle kind of funky vibe type of deal, the the birthplace of, you know, um, uh, grunge music, Jimi Hendrix, you know, that whole like hippie liberal type community. And it's cool.
But when you declare Sanctuary City to virtue signal that you're not going to give up illegal immigrants, it just invites a whole sleuth of fucking people to come here. Because they know that they can do whatever the fuck they want, and no one's going to stop them. And then we're coming to a point where, you know, areas like San Francisco, people can, they're shutting down stores permanently because of how much theft is going on there. And I don't, you know, everybody who knows the West Coast, who knows the Northwest, is that San Francisco is the mecca, right, of civil rights, of hippie uh, philosophies, of all these Marxist communist ideas, and they sound great on paper. They they've actually worked really well if you're uh, in a fifty person environment. They don't work on a mass scale, and we all know that Seattle always wants to be San Francisco, and Portland always wants to be Seattle. It's like a, it's just like this uh, Big Brother approach where Big Brother San Fran. Then you got Seattle, the middle child, and you got Portland, the baby brother. <laughs> and that's kind of how I see it, because you look at the legislation and they just kind of San Fran sets the mark and then the other two little brothers follow. And it's just going to get continue getting worse and worse and worse. So uh, let me know your thoughts on that and uh, shoot me an email at followthemath at gmail.com. Um, all one word again. Um, if you have any thoughts, feelings, you know, you got some stuff that, uh, let me know how, what you think and you think I'm full of shit or have a wrong, you know, opinion about it. Let me know because uh, I'm open to suggestions. Like I said, I don't have any real answers how to fix it. It's such a huge problem that I don't think any one person could just have all the answers or all the ideas, no matter who you elect, you know, how much, how much money you throw at it. It's a multifaceted problem, and um, it, it's almost to a point where it's not going to be fixed on a local level, in my opinion. So uh, give me a shout. Let me know what you guys think, and I will be back shortly. Have a good one.